0: No, this is my older sister Bev she's from Houston Texas and this is her daughter from Abilene Texas and a lot of you may not know this is my sister Marilyn and this is her daughter Caitlin so um, thankful for those that serve every week with me up here but they get a little break today
1: came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's me. healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again, and caused the blind to see, and then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit, and somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory, oh, victory. of the great Jesus. Haunt me and walk with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. All
0: right, I think you're awake now. Y'all put your hands together. Here we go.
1: He has built for me in glory And I heard about the streets of gold Beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing And the old redemption story And some sweet day I'll sing up there The song of victory Oh, victory in Jesus in love forever Be so clear
2: There might be some vocal talent in that white cell family. What do y'all think? Just a little bit. Boy, we're glad to have you all. Uh, Nice looking crew over there, man. I tell you what. And I heard that Beulah's with us today. Welcome, Beulah. We're so thankful that you're back. We missed you, and we just are just thankful God is, is, is healing you well. All right. Well, we got a lot for announcements today. First, I just want to say what a great. Great opportunity that you all served so well in, and Joetta especially. Can we thank Joetta with some, yeah. If you're unfamiliar with why we just clap for her, she put together a a really great Thanksgiving meal that we serve the community. Over 250 people served in different ways, from dining in to delivering meals. Um, You know, not everybody gets a Thanksgiving like you and I always grew up having Many people don't have either the funding for that, or maybe they've lost loved ones. And so what an opportunity, church, we can be just another hand and feet of the gospel to this community by serving. So thank you for partnering with us on that. Um, Looking ahead here, next week, we have uh, uh, the, where did that go? The Hotel Noel. Yeah, you circled it. There it is on the bottom. So Hotel Noel is next week, and this is going to be great. I mean, these kids have been working really hard for a while, the team, the has been preparing them, have been working hard, and that is going to be a combined service next week, 1045. So you all come to the 1045. This is not a change for you. Uh, but if you know anybody from that 830 service, make sure you tell them uh, that we're going to be in one combined service next week to watch the production Hotel Noel. I know your heart will be blessed by that. Uh, moving ahead to our shut-ins, we're going to let Brother Greg talk about uh, the widow widowers. He's going to talk about that at the end. But if you look towards the, um, the buckets of joy, that's going to be signing up starting today in the lobby to help and adopt a Woodland Country Manor senior resident. So, uh, partner with us on that if you want to bless a senior there. Uh, This is a big update for the Children's Church Ministry. Um, So, if you're a worker in the Children's Church or you have children, uh, Lenji, you're here. Um, Next week, we're going to be canceling Children's Church because of the big children's production. And actually, when you go through the weeks of December, you see that There's only one week we can have Children's Church, uh, and that's the 17th. Um, That's because on the 10th, we have the uh, cantata production, uh, Majesty. And then on Christmas Eve, a lot of people are are out. So, so sorry. I know that's not the most convenient thing always to cancel Children's Church when we have to, but we do have to, except for the 17th, the month of December. Anything else, brother? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. It's good to see uh, the Johnsons back, too. Grace healing up from that burn and Peyton as he's healing. But uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for bringing us together. Lord, you are good. We thank you so much for bringing us here, looking out and seeing all those uh, members that could come after many of them traveling or going through sicknesses and uh, accidents and injuries and surgeries. Lord, thank you for your goodness to our church. Uh, We love each and every one here. We just pray you continue to bless them and their families. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior, who went to the cross in our place. Lord, thank you for that sacrifice that you willingly gave for us. Without it, Lord, we would not have any hope of heaven, but through it, Lord, we have all things. And so we're so thankful for that. Lord, as we enter into our Advent season next week, Lord, we pray we would prayerfully prepare our hearts every year when we get to talk about the birth of our Savior, Lord, it is an honor to do so. Without your birth, Lord, coming to this world, there would have been no life lived, no sinless life. There would have been no death. There would have been no resurrection, Lord. Your Advent is so critical to uh, what we believe. And so, Lord, help us prepare for that through this Hotel Noel. It's going to be a great way to kick off the season. I pray you bless those singers, and actors as they prepare to tell us the truth of what the Bible says about how Jesus came. Lord, I pray for our service today, that you'd be with the singers, that you'd be with the church as we sing out, and you'd be with Brother Greg as he presents a message from your word that you'd allow him to speak boldly. Lord, thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to a neighbor near you. Give him a warm welcome.
0: Sing with us.
1: I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, Until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest nights You are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived the goodness of God. In all my life you have been faithful. In all my life you have been so, so good. Goodness is running after. It's running after me. And all my life, You have been faithful. And all my life, You have been so, so good. Will see of the goodness of God.
0: You can be seated for this next song you've been standing for a while but um that song just truly speaks what thanksgiving is all about and i just finished up a um six week math long term and on tuesday i thought you know i could give these guys this two-step inequality on the date before thanksgiving but one of their problems i give them was name three things you're are thankful for and then the second problem was an inequality and when i got them back into um We talked about some family traditions, and when I got them back in to grade them, I was blessed by the number of kids that wrote down, of course, most of them wrote family and friends, but the number of kids that wrote God, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and my Lord and Savior, and that just made my whole Thanksgiving season. So there are a lot of kids out there that are strong, but these are seventh graders, and so I really commended them, that the number of kids that wrote that down. This next song is new, but a lot of you probably know it. Believe For It it's become one of our favorites. Sing along with us.
1: They say this mountain can't be. They say those chains will never break, but they don't know you like I do. There is power in your name. We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tide will never change they and see what you can do there is power in your name so much power in your name move the immovable lost For there is still an empty grave
3: Amen. Amen. Uh, as I said in the first service, thank you, Point of Grace, for leading us in worship this morning. And we are glad uh, to have Bev back with us. Bev sang the first Sunday this, we were in this building in 04. She sang a solo in the first service. So that was always special to me. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our kids to Children's Church up to third grade. Thank you, Miss Melanie, for your faithful service. Let's give them a good welcome for being here, okay? Amen, amen. Acacia, good to have your group back and uh, grateful for the healing hand of God. Amen, church? Uh, Debbie and Hubert over in Wright Field. Um, Many of you are aware that Debbie had uh, significant surgery and was healing, and uh, Hubert began to have chest pains that ended up in some stenting. So God bless you guys. We're glad you're here. And uh, it's just a reminder that we never know what another moment holds or another day holds or uh, another week or another Christmas. So I want us to quiet our hearts, okay? I want your undivided attention. This is not a ball game. Even though I'm wearing this color for Gene Foley, just simply because I love him, But I'm reminded that there are things bigger than ball games. You say, Brother Greg, you wouldn't say that had they won. Yeah, really, it's temporary. It's temporary. The biggest ball game in your life is knowing Jesus, it's knowing Christ. It's not the fact that you're part of a Baptist church or here today, it's your personal relationship with God. And here's the good news He loves you more than anything. He loves you more than anything. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Boy, I'm looking out over this crowd and seeing folks that have been here before and family, and and, uh, it's a blessing. And I don't know who may be watching. So my prayer is that your Holy Spirit would speak one more time. Right here, right now. We'll never get this hour back. So help us to redeem it. Help us to be wise stewards In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Take your Bible this morning and join me in John chapter six. If you need a copy, there's a red one in front of you. As a matter of fact, if you need a Bible and don't have one, you feel free to take that one, okay? But this morning, I wanna ask you a question. Are you still full from Thanksgiving? Are you still full? Uh, My niece, Beth, sent us a picture of her, her baby, uh, Wells, who's seven or eight months old now, and he was sitting with Tupperware in front of him, lids and, and bowls. And, and Beth said, he's getting ready for Thanksgiving. He's got his leftover dishes ready to bring. And the reason that he had to bring his own leftover dishes is because every time there's a get-together, our daughter Stacy takes them all with leftovers. You know, leftovers are part of thanksgiving. But when it comes to your relationship with Christ, there's no room for a leftover. It's got to be the main thing. So this morning, we're going to take a little journey. And for our guests that are here, we're we're walking our way through the Gospel of John. We're going to take a break next week as we begin Advent. And for four Sundays, I'll preach a Christmas message. But as we walk through John... John chapter 6 alone has this in it, the feeding of the 5,000, the effect that that feeding had on the crowd. The disciples are sailing into a storm, and Jesus miraculously appears to them on the, in the storm on the sea, and then immediately they get to the other side. The crowds followed him to Capernaum. They didn't see him get in a boat uh, on the other side. It was hard for them to grasp. And then he continues to teach and then pour into his followers. In verse 41, there seems to be a change of audience. And we pick it up at John chapter six, verse 41. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? See, they had a hard time grasping who he was because of who raised him. They were still thinking, the Jews were still thinking in their minds about earthly bread. Jesus is talking about bread from heaven. Let's keep going. Jesus answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets that they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he he who is from God, he has seen the Father. But most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Anybody want to say amen? Anybody glad you saved this morning? Anybody wake up and say, Thank you, Lord, for another day of life? I recognize that the pains that I'm experiencing temporarily are one day going to be overwhelmed by glory with you forever in a real place called heaven. I love the fact that God gives us promises. Let's keep going. 48. I'm the bread of life, he said. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they're dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread. Anybody grateful for living bread this morning? Which came down from heaven and if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever and the bread that I shall give it is my flesh which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? See, they didn't get it. He's talking about spiritual bread They're talking about physical bread. Folks, listen to me. As long as we seek the physical when we come to worship, we will get it. We will get it. Hey, we've got some decisions down here already. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, look at me. One thing we will never complain about in the life of this church is the sound or the sight of a child. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Listen to you, young parents. Hang tough. There ain't nothing easy about what you're doing. But Renee and Greg Jackson can tell you you can get through it. Amen. Now we just spend our time telling our kids how to raise their kids. And we found out that the crowd slims down when old brother Greg tries to manage like that. Hey, it, you can do it. Amen. Hang tough. Hang tough for the Lord. He's going to use you. What your kids know about Jesus, you're going to show them. And it's up to you to show them. Don't you leave it to the school system or or some civic organization. It's up to you. Boy, what a privilege. And, And what a privilege we have. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's talking spiritual things. The Jews continue to see physical things. You're never going to understand God unless you're willing to surrender your spirit to him and say, Lord, I give you my life. Now, change me for your glory. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for your word. Help us rightly divide it this morning. Help me to uh, not ramble. Help me to be on point, Lord, the direction you want us to go. And my prayer is that our heart is fertile soil to receive good word. In your name we pray, amen. The Bible talks about murmuring. Let me give you a translation, complaining. I believe there should be very little room in the life of a born-again Christian for complaining. Oh, we come together in Thanksgiving, and we hold hands with our families, and we, we thank the Lord for things. But I'm telling you, when it comes to complaining, sometimes are we not the worst? You say, well, Brother Greg, I'm not. Surely you're not. You're a preacher. Well, just ask Renee from time to time. I mean, every now and then, I get a little bent out of shape over things that do not matter or a screw that does not thread or something that does not work. Folks, listen, we're in this together. We're in this together. Anything that takes place in life should not supersede those things which God has blessed us with. And he's brought us here together this morning freely. You got to choose what time you came to worship. You got to choose where you went to worship you got to choose what you put on. you got to choose uh, what Bible translation you have in your hand. And we freely get to open it and proclaim it without fear of any retribution that we're going to be in trouble. Now, will that day change? Maybe. Maybe. But until then, we got to preach it. And the good news is the Word of God will go on and on whether or not Man says it can. I'm thankful for that. Now, murmuring and complaining, ask yourself the question, are you a complainer? Are you a complainer? You'll say, Brother Greg, uh, no, folks, I can, start, I can start calling your name if you want me to. But I'm not doing that. And, and you're saying, I don't want to be, but I am, and, and I'm the same way. I'm with you. But there are times... When, we, when our complaining is a direct insult to the grace of God. And that's what we see here when it comes to the living bread. Now, I pray that many of you had received a good Thanksgiving meal, as Cody mentioned. Uh, but there are some things, if you put in front of me, I would, I would I'd try to get around of not hurting your feelings by not eating them. Um, I mentioned to the ladies in the kitchen here at church that I'm not a cold noodle guy. The big joke has become, ah, Brother Greg, he hates cold noodles. Well, it's not, hate's a strong word there. Uh, Back against the wall, I could eat it. But if I had an option, I probably wouldn't. Murmuring and complaining about temporary things It's a direct attack on the goodness of God to us. We just sang the song, The Goodness of God. Oh, we sing it, man, we raise our hand. We're all in. But do we live grateful lives? Now, in this passage, their complaint was that he said, I'm the bread that's come down from heaven. In essence, nobody can say that, but God, they were exactly right. They had it exactly right when when they were thinking that. But it even went further than that. They couldn't believe he was because of who He was raised by. I mean, when Jesus came, did he not come one to 180 in what they were expecting? We're expecting a king to deliver us from Rome, and you've sent us a servant? It was hard for them to grasp. And brothers and sisters, as we face advent and the celebration of the birth of Jesus, he comes in a lowly manger. Lives a sinless life and then willingly dies on the cross to pay it all for us, we ought to be the most grateful people in the world. If you're here today and you find yourself complaining about things, ask God to do an inside out job on your heart. He'll he'll do it, He'll help you. And you'll begin to see things that maybe at one time you were critical of, and you begin to say, Lord, I want to thank you for that. Maybe you're here today and you don't agree with the direction your adult kids are going. You cannot control adult kids. They got to make their own decisions, but you can pray for them, can you not, and lift them up every single day. There's not a day go by we don't pray for our kids and grandkids by name. We can pray for them. We can lift them up and ask God to help them, because listen to me, and all of you young pros, all of you career guys, listen, you high school graduates, every now and then chasing the world looks attractive, but there'll come a day where you wake up and find out that it's not enough. And you'll recognize that the teachings you had when you were a child, that's the way I want to raise my family. The truth and the things of God. Amen. I praise the Lord for that. So here's where we begin. Number one, the true picture of our heart is revealed when we murmur and complain against God. When we act ungrateful for the things of God. Now, the Jews were blind spiritually. They didn't get it. If you're here today and you've surrendered your life to Christ, you're saying, I'm a Christian. I mean, if somebody asked you if you were a Christian, your answer is yes. There's been a time that your heart's been changed. You recognize you were a sinner. You placed your faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. You say, yes, I'm a born-again Christian. I believe we ought to be the, the least complaining, murmuring people in the world because of what's happened in our own heart. They were spiritually blind. You as believers are saying, I'm not spiritually blind. I know the truth. I know the truth. Pride was blinding them. Pride was blinding them from the answer they were searching for who was standing right in front of them. Sometimes things are right in front of you and you just miss them. We had, you know, we have this brand new, brand new light system out here. And the day that it opened, I left the church, pulled up to the light, getting ready to turn south to go home and turn left and then realized that light was red. Oh, yeah. Thank the Lord no Barney Fife was on the job because they didn't come get me. Sometimes things are right there in front of us and we just don't miss it. So when I find myself complaining, when I find myself murmuring, listen to me. It just doesn't affect me. It affects everybody that hears it. Okay? Ask the Lord to help, help you. That's what I'm doing in my own life. Lord, help me. Help me to live a life of joy and a life of gratitude. Now, when we set our sights on things of earth, which the Jews were doing, on physical bread, they had no appetite for the bread of heaven. Someone asked this question What causes me to lose my appetite for the things of God? What causes me to lose my appetite for the bread of heaven? What causes me to grow cold to the things of God? What causes me to lose interest in my calling and commitment when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to give you a few. The first one is sin. Sin in my life. When I just live a life and act a, it's okay and not convicted about it and I'm just gonna go on, it will hinder my appetite for the things of God. For instance, the word of God, my prayer life, it'll affect my worship experience because I'll, use, I'll start saying things like this. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But here's my follow-up question. Why would a Christian not want to worship? You see, don't blame somebody else for your decisions. It's a question you need to settle in your own life with God. Where am, I? Where am I? Am I really craving, am I really after the bread of heaven? Or am I still chasing the bread of this world? Sin will keep me full and I won't have an appetite for the things of God. Now, I wanna give you several, several things I believe add to that fullness sometimes. You ready? We're full already. We're full already. It's like eating before the meal. You're full already. Full of what? Full of yourself, ourselves. I mean, when I think the world revolves around me, hello, it doesn't. When we think the world revolves around, uh, the third one is our schedule, that S is our selfish schedule, uh, or worldly things, when I cram my life with the things of the world, I'm not going to be hungry for the things of God. You'll say, really, Greg, I don't do it. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, the Hallmark Channel. The Hallmark Channel has gone a different direction in, in some of their new movies with plot lines, which engages same-sex relationships. Some of the hallmark actors and actresses said we don't agree with that, and they left them to go to a channel called the Great American Channel. Right now it's called the Great American Christmas, the GAC Channel, okay? We watched one of the first movies, Friday night, with Candace Bure. She kind of led the charge. Candace Bure is the sister of Kirk Cameron, if I'm right. Candace Bure, in the first movie, Friday night, we heard the gospel three or four times in the movie. Here's what she's saying in her Hollywood career. It may cost me something, but I'm going to act in movies that I agree with what they present. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord because worldly things crowding our schedules sometimes can push out our appetite for the things of God. And then lastly, temporary things, temporal things. I mean, we pray about them. God, get us through this. And as soon as we come through the crisis, he's forgotten, put on the shelf, and we're back. We're back. It leaves no room for an appetite for godly things. Um, Really loved what we witnessed in the life of the church this week. Um... Great group of volunteers, those of you that help cook and drop stuff off, grateful for all of you. Um, whatever it takes mentality, providing just a, a wonderful time for families and individuals to have a good Thanksgiving. And then I received the call. Brother Greg, and I appreciate the confidence. Brother Greg. What do we do with these leftovers? As if I'm an expert on leftovers or meals or stuff like that. And at first we thought, well, just put them in the freezer. We'll do whatever. And and then uh, Renee said, just have them divided up and get rid of it. Divvy it up. Folks, if we're not careful, we treat Jesus Christ like leftovers. And he's good for a while and he's good until I no longer want any more of him and he satisfies this brief season and when it's all said and done like leftovers from Thanksgiving we just go ahead and pitch him out with everything else and we'll see you again Lord when we need you in the next crisis Christianity and salvation doesn't work that way he owes us nothing we owe him everything but yet we take him to the spiritual refrigerator And pitch him with everything else if we're not careful. I mean, leftovers are cold, they're not fresh after a time. I mean, they can be good at times, right? But you don't want to live on them. A leftover is a result of something big happening something big. And that's our relationship with the Lord, our salvation. One writer said it's where grace and sin collided and grace wins, the love of God. One writer said, we're looking for a Christianity as convenient, that fits into our schedule, easy, peaceful, and cost me nothing. That's completely opposite about the call of being a disciple to Christ. He says, you're gonna have to carry your cross and deny yourself, and you're going to have to follow me. So we get to verse 44. Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him. Aren't you glad this morning that the Holy Spirit continues to convict, the Holy Spirit continues to draw? Folks, that ought to be our prayer when we come together. God is good at what he does. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to crack our tough hearts. He knows what we need. But I don't believe John 6:44, uh, what it does is it exposes us that our wills are stubborn, we're full of depravity. Because of that, we murmur in, chapter, in verse 41, "Because of the depravity in my heart and not being grateful, I murmur. In essence, John is reminding us our murmuring at times, a clear indication that we've never come to Christ. We've never been grateful for the cross. Aren't you glad this morning that the initiation of salvation is not something you create, but it's something that God does? Let me remind us of a few of those promises. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Anybody want to say amen? Philippians 1:29. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Philippians 2, 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I believe Jesus is not giving us a word to repel us, but to remind us. I don't believe he's giving us a word that closes the door. I believe he's giving us a word to remind us how one must enter the door. As the Holy Spirit draws, as the Holy Spirit convicts. And we say, yes, Lord. I don't believe it's meant to intimidate us with no hope. I believe it's to point us to the only source of hope, King Jesus. I love that. I love that. What does he do? Number three. What does he do? What does this bread of life do? First of all, he draws us, the Bible says. He draws us. John 12:32. Jesus said, "If I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself." To draw, it means to be drawn with an inward power. It means to be led. Here's what Jesus is saying: I'll do the work for you. You just surrender. I'll do the drawing. I'll do the bringing. You just say yes, Lord. You, you might be here today, and say, Brother Greg. Man alive, I believe, but I'm afraid I'll mess up as a Christian. Get in line. I'm not buying it. Because we are going to mess up as Christians. We are going to trip as Christians. But the good news is the one who draws us, listen, secondly is the one who saves us, Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. He's the one who who draws, uh, that's the S, the C is calls. He draws us and he calls us and he saves us. Who does? Jesus. Jesus. Uh, Flip over to verse 65. 665 you ready? And he said, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. Isn't that a sad statement right there? You say, really, Greg, is he talking about his inner 12? Hey, well, he knows, he knows all about Jesus Iscariot, folks, but these are those who said, we, we're following you now. That's the group that's swelling. And the Bible says many of them walk away verse 67 Jesus said to the twelve do you want to also walk away do you want to go away and Simon Peter answered him and said Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life do you want to leave Peter says, Lord, where would we go? You're everything we've looked for. You're everything we need. You have the words of eternal life. It's God who draws. It's God who calls. It's God who saves. And it's God who seals. What do you mean? Look at verse 27 in chapter 6. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which in endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, who hath also sealed us and has given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. I can remember the first time I heard this term earnest money. Uh, Renee and I were looking at the first house we were about to, to apply to buy, and they mentioned earnest money. Ernest Monday, and I I said, in essence, what's that? And I think the realtor kind of said something like this. It's really just a sign of good faith that you're serious about buying the house. The Bible says we've been given the Spirit as earnest, the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 1.13, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 4.30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. What does that mean? That when you give your life to Christ, when you surrender to Christ, you're in the hand of God. You're not holding on by the fingertips, hoping that one day, if you breathe your last breath, that you somehow slide into heaven. Folks, there's nobody sliding into heaven. Everybody there will be there because of the grace, the cross, the blood, the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one in heaven will be able to say, I got myself here. And no one in hell will be able to say, God sent me here. The Bible says our unbelief condemns us. How wonderful is the love of God. How wonderful is the mercy of God to look at my old heart. and Man, I'm glad you can't see in it. But I wonder sometimes when God sees darkness in my life and in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, how would you redeem somebody like me only by his grace and mercy? I praise the Lord for that. Some have labeled this grace prevenient grace. Where's Anita Super? Prevenient grace. Is that a familiar word? Prevenient grace. The grace of God which provides a revelation which leads to... Conviction and repentance, meaning that God does the work. He's the one who makes it happen. So if you're here today, don't confuse heaven with your ability or your goodness or your badness. God doesn't flinch at anything you've done in this room today. He loves you. And, and uh, what did we sing? Uh, you're running after, you're running after me, that part of the song. How's that, sorry? Your goodness, your goodness is running after me. That's what he does. Anyway, he does that anyway because of his love and mercy. Number four, and I'll close. The Bible gives us assurance about our assurance. I mean, if it talks about being sealed, what does that really mean? I mean, we come to Christ with the faith of a child. That means total trust. We surrender our hearts and we say, yes, Lord, have control of my life. Uh, he came as a child. That's what the Christmas season's all about. What, what does that mean? It means that God's love was too wonderful for us to even understand, that the gospel was too wonderful and big for us to understand, so God made it happen. God initiated everything because it was too spiritual for my carnal mind. It was too humbling for my earthly pride. It was exacting for my rebellious will. It was too lofty for my darkened understanding. It was too holy for our earthbound desires. So he comes. He comes. So that you may be full of living bread and not temporary bread. John 6, 47. This is not circled or underlined in your Bible. It would be a good day to do it. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Look at John 6, 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up the last day. I don't believe Jesus is talking about cannibalism. I don't believe he's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. He's talking about being all in. All in on on the living bread, not earthly bread. We know John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But do you know John 3.18? He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. You know what the living bread makes available? Whoever will come. Whoever will come, here it is. John three thirty six. he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. How can you listen to that and not say amen? John five twenty four. most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Who said that? Jesus. John chapter 14, this is all in the gospel of John. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. The promise of God. The faithfulness of a man is seen in his believing. Proof of being born again is living a life of faith. You don't walk away from it, you don't quit on God. You follow him to the very end. I love the uh, vows in a wedding. You can do something like this. Uh, may we uh, walk hand in hand till one of us walks into the presence of God. Eternity. Eternity. And then at the end of this chapter, look at verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who did not believe and who would betray him. And it's there that Peter says or Jesus says, "Peter, do you want you want to leave too?" and he says, "Where would we go?" Folks, let me tell you something. Jesus isn't part of your life if you're a Christian, he's everything. He's everything. And maybe some are playing games with that. And you're treating God like a genie in the bottle. And when the problems arise, if he don't come through, you're mad at God. He absolutely owes us nothing because he paid it all on the cross of Calvary. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you're a Christian, I want you to thank the Lord for saving your soul. Thank him right there for saving your soul. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian and and you're, you're just running the wrong way. You know it. I'm asking God to bring you back today Get your attention Confess and repent Confession means you agree with what you're doing is wrong Repentance means you're sorry enough to quit Turn You turn from it Or maybe you're here today and you say, really Greg I don't even know if I'm saved Boy, you're in the right place right now You can. Do you want to? You can. In the quietness of your heart, Christians all around you are praying. In the quietness of your heart, you recognize you're a sinner. Dear Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. Your word tells me that. I'm sorry for my sin, but I can't change it, I can't change the past. But Lord Jesus, I'm trusting you today to come into my heart, forgive me of my sin, and make me a new person to give me new life, the bread of heaven. I turn from my life, Lord, and I place my faith in you and you alone in your death, burial, and resurrection. Please save me today, right now. Do you remember that, John six forty seven? He that believeth on me has everlasting life. The promise of the word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love for us. Help us to be full on you. Today and Monday through Saturday. In your name we pray, amen. Let's all stand. To our guest, we give an invitation. An invitation is not to embarrass anybody. An invitation is for us to respond if God's dealing with our hearts. If you prayed to receive Christ this morning, you've made the greatest decision you'll ever make. I'm gonna invite you to come and say, Brother Greg or Cody or Tim, I've given my heart to Christ. This church is gonna celebrate with you. We wanna celebrate you as you begin your new life. Maybe there's another decision. Maybe you just want to come and pray. You're welcome to do that. Just as I am without one plea. Let's sing it. Let's lift our voice. Just Just as as I am. at the line right there that you're you're singing. And that thou bidst me come. It's the Holy Spirit of God that draws. Amen. Amen. We sang that verse one and maybe you're thinking right now he's going to wrap it up and I'm out of here. I'm glad when I gave my life to Christ as a 14 year old boy they said let's sing one more verse. This is you. Come on. Here we go. Just as, as I, I am, am And
1: when I'm not To my soul A wonder blood To thee whose blood can cleanse
3: God is faithful amen? amen he's faithful we've got a lot of things going on in the life of the church and as we think about next week as we think about uh, combined service and first of all the kids program and then moving into the choir and adult and youth hey let's keep our eyes on the on the prize it's the Lord Jesus okay amen, amen. and I'm going to show somebody this week what gratitude looks like. Amen. We get to rejoice as a church from time to time, and this morning is one of those areas, okay? I'm going to ask Brandon Sheffield if he'll come. I'm going to ask BJ if he'll come. Brandon comes to us from Timber Hill Baptist Church, finished First Connection this morning, and desires to be part of this church family, as he has been for a number of months. Brandon, we welcome you. God bless you. You give him. This is B.J. Jadwin. Uh, B.J. came, was baptized last week, his, professed his faith in Christ, and finished First Connection this morning. Give him a good welcome We do that. In the first service, we welcome Joyce and Steve Slamka. Steve was baptized last Sunday. We welcome them to church fellowship, and we also welcome the Winklers, Roger, Lori, and Noah, to the church fellowship. Lori is in the emergency room right now, Roger and Noah came to First Connection, and uh, they're at the hospital to hopefully get her home. So we welcome them by statement of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So give the Winklers a good welcome. They they normally are in this service. Uh, sit back there, by Gary and Bonnie, normally in that area. I think in the back somewhere. So you make sure you welcome them, and we're faithful for it, and we thank God for that. Amen. Been a good day. Uh, I love Christmas. Uh, I grew up in a church that never observed Advent. That was like a Methodist word in the church I grew up in. But we've done it for 20 plus years, and it's a blessing. So we begin next week. The kids are going to lead us into it. And um, next Sunday morning, don't expect the church to be decorated yet because it's all part of the plan. You'll find out, okay? You'll find out. So uh, we're grateful for that. Let's see. I'm just going to call somebody randomly to come pray. And you you men right now are saying, oh, no, who is he going to call? I'm going to call Greg Porter. Greg has just recently got a great health report, and he continues to recover and heal, and he and Heather have been a blessing to our lives. So he's going to close us in prayer. And let's do this. Following the service, you come down and give these two guys a good welcome. We do that? So let them know you're glad they're here. Thank you, Greg.
2: Our Father, we thank you for another Sunday together in worship. Lord, we thank you for continuing to lead us as as a church and pour your Holy Spirit out upon the church and let us go out into the community and spread your word and spread the gospel, Lord, leading to Christmas coming later this month and the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, Father. We pray that you please bless those and help those in need, Father, in the church that have prayer requests, Lord, and that you meet their needs and you comfort them and comfort their families, Lord, and that you go with us in the week, Lord, and be with us and help us to disciple for you
3: and spread your word, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.